On these next three Sundays of Lent, the Church gives us some of the most beautiful readings of the New Testament, three rather extended readings from the Gospel of St. John, and three just powerful stories. And each of them is chosen for a point to lead us towards baptism, especially for the, the catechumens that are preparing for their baptism, but, but also for all of us who are preparing for the renewal of our baptismal promises. This weekend's reading is that of the, the woman at the well. And every time that we, we read about water, and especially life-giving water, we should immediately think of, of baptism. Over the next two weeks, we'll have the story of the man born blind, the enlightenment that comes at baptism, and then finally the raising of Lazarus from the dead, that baptism is ultimately about new life in Christ from the dead. But today we have this, this powerful story of this Samaritan woman at the well. Now, notice that uh, the woman seems to be coming out of routine. It seems to be her habit. She seems rather bored with this, probably worn out. Every day she has to come to the well, get water, and go back. We all, I think, can relate to these kind of monotonous chores that, that we do. There's just every day, I gotta get up, I, I make my bed, I eat, I do the dishes, all the things that we, we just gotta do in the daily routine. Well, that's, that's kind of how she is right now. But I think it's good sometimes that we get a little bit knocked out of our routine. And that's, uh, I think, a little good part of this whole coronavirus thing. How many times are we just kind of in our routine and we do our stuff and you know for those of us that are, are good Catholics that's eh, Sunday I, I go to mass because well, that's what I do well the thing really hit me the other day with, with all the, the cancellations and everything that were going on you know all of a sudden it hit me what what if this is the last mass that I'm gonna celebrate publicly for a while what if everybody that's here at, at mass right now what what if this is the last Mass that we can come to for a while. I mean, it's just so routine that we just think like, you know, should I go to 7.30 Mass this morning? Yeah, sleep in a little bit later. We'll go to 9.15. Or you know what? Nothing else to do. Everything's canceled. We'll go to 11. You know, we just assume that there's always another Mass. And sure, we can come to Mass any day this week. And okay. Well, for us, at least in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, we, we can still do that. There are a lot of places that have already eliminated all public celebrations of Mass. So for right now, we can be at Mass. But I tell you, things were so fluid on Friday evening. We got a letter from the Archbishop in our email in the afternoon, and just a couple hours later in the evening, things had gotten worse, and we got another email uh, telling us that basically everything is canceled other than Mass and confessions, funerals, baptisms. But I I've never seen anything like this really, kind of since 9-11. Everything's just shut down, canceled. Talk about jolting us out of our routine. You know, and I, I think that, especially when I thought about the Eucharist and the ability to celebrate Mass together, you know, I, I thought about how special this really is, that we ought not take for granted that even in the middle of this Mass, I don't know, I could get done, check my email, and the Archbishop will have said, these Sunday Masses after this evening, that's it, no more public masses. I, I don't know, I mean, that hasn't, that hasn't happened yet, but that could happen. 
And I think it's good that we have that kind of attitude in mind that at any moment, this might be the last Mass, whether it's coronavirus or our, our own death, some sudden illness. I don't know. Does that cause us to look at Mass differently? I hope so. And other things, too. You know, whenever we're in a crisis like this, I think it causes us to look also at what is most important? What do I, what do I really need? If my whole life were thrown into turmoil, what do I need? We know that this Samaritan woman, she keeps coming to the well. Okay, we, we know that, you know, our bodies are, are largely water. Our, our planet is largely water. You know, we, we can go a little while without food, but go without water, and that's going to be a bad day really quick. So there's one thing that's important. It, it's interesting that as we look at, you know, what's important, when everything is like, okay, it, it all might be falling apart, what do I most need? What do people got to run to and say, I got to get this now because things are really going south? Well, I mean, obviously, the answer is toilet paper. I mean, apparently. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that says about us, that the world is ending and the first thing we think we need is toilet paper. It's what I got to get. I mean, I went to the store the other night thinking, eh, okay, you know, things are... Things are in a little bit of trouble. Not, not toilet paper for us at the rectory. I just got to say, and I'm not saying where, but we got a supply. Oh, yeah. Like the spring of living water that this woman seeks. We've got at least 200 rolls of toilet paper hidden away for a safe time. So we're not worried about toilet paper. But uh, I was worried, like, eh, I'm going to go get some, some eggs and some cheese and just make sure we have some food. Not so much because the, the world will end, but because, I don't know, if this can happen with toilet paper, who knows? Tomorrow it might be cheese. And everyone goes and grabs all the cheese. And I don't know how long I could go without cheese. So I'm like, I better go get some cheese. But sure enough, I look at the little aisle. Uh, I was there in, in Walgreens and, you know, oh, well, this looks pretty normal. And then I saw the aisle with the toilet paper. All I saw was a sign that said bath tissue and empty shelves. I'm like, good heavens, people. Okay. Meanwhile, there, there were paper towels. So, you know, you could go either way if you, if you had to. But nonetheless, all the toilet paper was gone. And, you know, with, with our kind of supply here at the rectory, I'm thinking that could come in handy, uh, you know, on the black market. We could start selling that like a dollar a sheet, maybe something. I don't know. It is interesting that when there's a crisis, all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, things that I didn't think I did, I gotta get this, I gotta get it. Now, in fairness, water was also in short supply. I went to get some distilled water for my CPAP, and the, the water shelf had also been somewhat depleted. So, at least that makes more sense than toilet paper. But maybe ask yourself, not so much, after you've, you've got all the toilet paper you need, or have entered into a contract with Father Mark and I, you know, then you can decide, all right, what else do I really need? And talk about being thrown out of your routine. If you had told me a couple of weeks ago when Lent was starting, Father Sean, what do you think about fasting from basketball this Lent? <laughs> you gotta be kidding. I mean, Lent, yeah, we gotta fast, but not, not crazy stupid. I mean, the Jayhawks are number one. Can't fast from basketball. And all of a sudden, the entire NCAA tournament, gone like that. Like I never would have chosen that on my own, and yet here I am. 
it's, it's March and I'm forced to fast from basketball or, or just all sports. I mean, whatever your thing is and, and not just sports, entertainment. I like to go to the symphony and, and to the, the museum. I mean, we've got all this time off now with nothing to do and everything's closed. There, there's nothing to go do, you know, and that's, I think that's a little unsettling, but I think that's also really good because we would never, never choose to give up some of the things we're having to give up now. But think about now how much time we normally spend on, on things like watching sports or playing sports. That's like the, the number one thing almost that we do. You know, especially you that have kids that are running all over the place in three and four sports at once in every direction. You don't have to do that now. You're gonna be sitting there saying, oh, I got nowhere to go. You know, let's, I know I'll watch some, some t oh, there's nothing on TV either. I could watch the news and hear about how there's nothing to do and how everything's canceled. I mean, that's nice. You know, like you're watching the, the NORAD radar at Christmas for the arrival of Santa Claus. Like you're watching, where's the coronavirus now? I mean, you could do that 24 seven. Or I encourage you to not be so afraid to immediately try to fill all the holes with something that will distract you. There are gonna be moments, it happened with Father Mark and I sitting over at the rectory yesterday evening, and we're like, huh, everything just got canceled. What do we do? We talked, we actually talked. We prayed for the parish. It was amazing. We've got this little rosary uh, podcast that we listen to, dailyrosary.net. You could, you could pray the rosary with your family. You're like, no, 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 we can't do that. We got other stuff. No, you don't. You got no other stuff. Okay, so that excuse is gone. You're sitting there in your living room like, man, I wish there was something on TV. Forget that, okay? Don't try to like fill it with something else quick. Netflix, now, binge everything I can think of. No, sit in the uncomfortableness of the silence a little bit and say, maybe we just leave the TV off. Maybe we'll know when the coronavirus gets here because everyone will start hacking all over each other and we don't need to follow it live 24 seven. Maybe we could pray. Maybe we could watch a movie about Jesus. We could go to formed.org, the subscription that the parish has, and you can download great Catholic content. You could read a book. Now you could, you could read it on your iPad or whatever you wanna do, but you could read stuff. I mean, think of all the opportunities there would be. This, this woman who goes to the well over and over, well, she's got to, but it's just this routine. She does it because it, I ask you to kind of think in these, these days, and I don't know how long all this stuff will last, but maybe ask yourself, like this woman who goes to the well every day and she says she's never satisfied, what wells are you going to? Over and over and over, and you keep going back to the same well because it's there and it works, but it's just not satisfying. Ah, it's evening and I'm tired, I'm worn out, it's been a long day, let's turn on the TV. Does that really make you feel better? Do you really go to bed feeling like, man, I'm glad I watched that show? <sighs> maybe not, I mean, sometimes, but maybe just ask yourself, what are the wells that you go to? Over and over and over, and maybe you're like, I am just not satisfied. This woman is going to this well, and Jesus says, you know what, I, I know something better. I got living water. And to the woman's credit, right away, she says, great, I'll take that. I don't want to keep coming to the well. 
I think now is a great time. We began Lent by saying now is the acceptable time. Now is a very acceptable time for making great changes. Maybe we didn't have in mind this big of a change. Okay, but here it is. So let's not waste it. Let's use this opportunity to make some big changes. Do crazy stuff like pray. We're going to have the church open. You could, you could come to the church. We're not going to have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament on Tuesday like we normally do because we don't know if there'll be people here. But the church will be open. You could just come and sit in the silence and talk to Jesus. You want to worry about the coronavirus? Turn off the news. Come to church and pray to Jesus. Pull out your rosary. Pray with each other. Call someone who you know is maybe elderly and stuck in their house or is in a nursing home. Call them up. You could use technology. You could video conference with your grandparents. You could do all kinds of things. Amazing what can happen now that we're out of our comfort zone. So I don't know about you, but I am trying to get into a new routine, do different things. And although this seems like it's a, it's a burden and it, it is a little scary. I mean, I'm not saying this is nothing, but uh, we do need to maybe take it and say, all right, if ever we were gonna turn to God in prayer, I hope that's why this is also a little bit like 9-11. After 9-11, everybody got so scared that they started praying. You know, well, would that we would pray before we're scared. Uh, maybe this time we're just bored out of our minds because we don't know what to do because all our normal distractions are gone. All right, well, ask yourself then, what is really important? What do you most need? And, and I, I hope that maybe even you decide, I, I need God, I need other people. I, the fact that we have to be socially distant might remind us what a beautiful thing it is that we can be around people and hug people and touch people. Let this be a, a time that reminds us what's really important. And I hope that in the end, it's not just toilet paper. <laughs>